I know we haven't officially started the podcast yet, but I would like to dedicate this episode to uh, Brittany on Instagram, a little Brit of fun. She posted about, and if you're listening to this, you know who you are. She posted about this um, free short book, like a short story that was on Kindle Unlimited. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't even want to admit to you that I read this. <laughs> what is it? Well, read is an interesting uh, word choice. Um, so she posted about it, and I was so stricken with curiosity. Um, it was a short story about essentially this like witch woman who brings three snowmen to life. Stop. You know where this is going. Oh, no. And it's a reverse harem with fucking no. snowmen. <laughs> And she posted about it because I guess she had seen it on t- on TikTok. And she was like, you know, beware. And someone says something like that. And of fucking course, I'm going to check it out if someone's like, oh, be- watch out. Like, read at your own risk. I'm like, well, now I got to see what you're talking about. I will never be the same. I am now... Only imagining the logistics of having sex with the snowman. (laughs) And it sounds awful. I, like, at several, multiple, many points in the story, there is discussion of the snowman dick, which, like, appears out of nowhere, out of the lowest ball of the snowman. Katie's gesturing at me and I hate it. (laughs) And then disappears back. Is it? No! And then there's also a lot of discussion about how he's, like, shockingly warm, despite being made of snow. Snow is gross. Yeah. That, snow is gross. Yeah, in, there's a scene where he, that one of the snowmen goes down on her. And I couldn't even conjure the mental image because the, you know who I was picturing? You know the snowman in that old Christmas commercial? Which one? I can't remember what it's a commercial for. They're like, it's like he's looking in on the family from the outside. <gasps> Isn't it like a Campbell's soup commercial? Or- yes, it's a Campbell's soup commercial because then he eats the soup and he gets all melty, right? That's a Isn't child. That it's a child. Anyway, <laughs> that's all I can picture is that snowman. I'm picturing, like, the angry snowman from a different commercial. I'm also picturing, do you see that movie Jack Frost? Yes. Where the dad turns into a snowman? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That too. I, I'm i not the same anymore. Anyway, Brittany, I <laughs> thank you, but no thank you. Thank you, but no thank you. holidays yeah it was anyway welcome back to 50 percent um it's off the rails as usual yeah we're uh we're in full christmas mode right now yep we're drinking shiner holiday cheer yes this episode is brought to you by shiner holiday cheer this and every episode my favorite beer of all time this is the good christmas beer the good christmas beer well i like the carbock one a lot i do like the carbock one yeah those are the two i like but this is this is christmas morning beer 
Christmas morning. <laughs> if you're drinking a beer. If you're morning. drinking a beer on Christmas morning, this is the this, this is, is the, the one. one to drink. Yeah. Um so appropriately we're doing our first Christmas book club, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. So for this episode we read uh You're a Mean One, Matthew Prince. Sing it in your head if you want. I know. I can't not. I no, I as I was reading it, it was just like the little Yeah, exactly. <laughs> by um Timothy Janowski, who we followed on Instagram for a while, but this is, is his second book and our first book we've read of his. So yes. uh it is also our first queer romance with two male leads. It is indeed. Yeah. So I really liked this and I really like Timothy Janowski. Yeah. Uh I found him very funny. Yeah. I found this book very funny. It was it was delightful. It was delightful. Anyway. You have Katie Reed blurb on here, so Katie's going to read the blurb. Katie, there you go. <laughs> take it away. Matthew Prince is young, rich, and thoroughly spoiled. So what if his parents barely remember he exists and the press is totally obsessed with him? He's on top of the world. But one major PR misstep later and Matthew is cut off and shipped away to spend the holidays in his grandparents' charming small town hellscape. Population, who cares? It's bad enough he's stuck in some festive winter wonderland. It's even worse that he has to share space with Hector Martinez, an obnoxiously attractive local who's unimpressed with anything and everything Matthew does. Just when it looks like the holiday season is bringing nothing but heated squabbles, the charity gala loses its coordinator and Matthew steps in as a saintly act to get home early on good behavior, with Hector as his maddening plus one. But even a Grinch can't resist the unexpected joy of found family, and in the end, the forced proximity and infectious holiday cheer might be enough to make a lonely prince's heart grow three sizes this year, and prince is capitalized. Yes. <laughs> of course. I loved it. Yeah, um, this one was super fun. Yeah. As I established, it's got all of my favorite things of silly rich people and forced proximity. We got a fancy holiday party even. And like a like a fun town holiday event. Yes. We got we we hit some major checkpoints here. A bookstore. A bookstore. Not a lot of bookstore in this. It's not there. A, not a lot going on with the bookstore, but But it's there. But it is there. So it, it still counts. Exist. Yep. Yep, still counts. So Shall we kick it off? Yes. How does this book begin, Abigail? So, Matthew Prince has been exiled from New York City, where he lives with his rich parents, because he purchased an island. A full island. And in, Yeah. <laughs> Just like on a whim. Just for millions of dollars, purchased a full island. Hold on. Let me, re let me read the first sentence of this book. <laughs> That's great. I bought an island. So what? <laughs> That's where we enter into yeah. this book. So I thought this was going to be like a one-off joke, like just why he's been kicked out of New York. But turns out it's a major plot point throughout the book. Yeah, yeah. It turns out to be like a pretty like big piece of Matthew's like character development. Buying an island. Yeah. Yeah. And we later find out he bought this island because he wanted to create his own music festival. Yeah. Prince of Palooza. <laughs> Prince of Palooza. Okay. This is, again, we've established that we now love Timothy Janowski. We're fans. Prince of Palooza is the laziest made up festival name. Oh, yeah. Because it does not matches with, it does not match with 
Matthew Prince's character at all. Because Prince of Palooza is a very lame and cheesy and basic name. And Matthew Prince is anything but those things. I know. It sounds like a carnival. Yeah. Not almost fire festival. Right. Oh, yeah. Big fire festival Big energy. Fire festival energy. <laughs> it also turns out he bought this island because he was spiraling after a breakup where he was in a thruple with a married couple and then they broke up with him. There is a lot of plot in this book. There is far more plot than I thought there was going to be. Right. A lot of just like little side adventures or like backstory things. Yes. A lot of little backstory things that come up, like especially with with the thruple that we learned yeah. throughout. Yeah. So so one thing I want to bring up is that this premise is almost identical to It Happened One Summer. Yep. Like this is the Christmas It Happened One Summer. Oh, absolutely. Because in in that story, the lead gets banished. Piper went to jail. Oh, yeah. She did go to... That's right. She went to jail. Yeah. And they went... Like a big night of partying. Yeah. And she went to jail. Yeah. And then got banished to meet our sea captain. Yes. Yeah. So so perhaps lower stakes buying an island, uh, but I don't know. Maybe higher stakes. Same uh, same energy, though. Same energy. Big, big shit's creek. It happened one summer energy. Yes. In this yeah. One. But Christmas. Rich people get in trouble, move to a small town, yeah. shenanigans <laughs> ensue. Yes. So Matthew has been sent to stay with his grandparents in Wind River, uh, which, great town name. Yes. Big Hallmark movie energy. Yes. Uh, which it seems there's not a lot in this small town except for a college, which in my brain, I was like, how does a college exist in this tiny town? Right. Because the only businesses are like the coffee shop, the bookstore, the tree farm. Right. Well, those are the only places we go. There's the whole That's small true. business association. So there must be many small businesses. That's true. That's true. And anyway, but yeah, so small town. Lovely grandparents. Oh, I love them. I love them. Great Grandma characters. and Gramps, yeah. amazing. And they are hosting a student from the university named Hector. Yeah, he he basically needed a place to live, and he the the grandpa was his professor and offered to kind of you know give him food and shelter in exchange for like helping out with things around the house that old people have trouble doing. Like chopping wood. Yes. Lots of chopping wood. Yes. I mean, I guess it is upstate New York, so it tracks, but uh, every time I think of chopping wood, I think of that guy on TikTok, Thor. Yeah. Ooh. That's a nice little visual. I know. I think of that that dance video. What's that guy? I don't know what you're talking about. Shit. You, if you'd seen if I showed it to you, you would know what I was talking about. It's a guy who kind of looks like Jake Gyllenhaal, but he just dances. I got nothing. All right. Never mind. <laughs> anyway. That might be a, a generational difference. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I'd be kind of surprised. Yeah. I don't know. Or I just didn't hear about it. Anyway. Yeah. Hector lives at grandma and grandpa's house. Wears a lot of flannel. Wears a lot of fl- Like a lot of flannel. Yeah. Only flannel. Yeah. And for some reason, like Matthew shows up at this house and just like immediately has beef with Hector. Like. Just because he's poor? I I couldn't <laughs> tell. I think it was just misplaced anger of being... Right. You know, and then he was like, well, my grandparents had this other kid yeah, staying here. Yeah, like, who's this stranger in my grandparents' house? Which I understand, but 
the the enemies to lovers origin story the enemy's origin story here is is a little weak. Yeah. Uh Matthew's just a brat. Yeah. Really. I mean, the enemies scenarios are often pretty tenuous anyway. So right. so, you know, who am I to complain? Um The important part is also, however, <laughs> Matthew has lost the room that he usually stays in, and Hector is living in the basement. Yeah. And so, Matthew finds out he's staying in a bunk bed. <laughs> yeah, two, two grown-ass men. I mean, college-aged, but still grown-ass men. Is living in, living in a bunk bed. In a bunk bed in, in some old people's basement. Yeah. At least it has windows. I was really worried about them for a minute. Yes, yeah, it has. It it seems like a nice basement. Yes, this house seems very a finished cozy. basement. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yes, finished. it and does seem like a cozy basement. But there's only one bunk bed. <laughs> Obviously. So, in in this kind of like beginning exposition part, why not? We start to learn more about Matthew. Yeah, not not a ton of plot in this first part more, no. more character development yes and just a lot of matthew's inner monologue which is in very, this early part which is very funny which is very funny uh katie did not like matthew for a little while i didn't i was also in a really bad mood on the day that i started this book and i and i stopped and then started the next day when i was in a better mood and i liked him more he was testing me at the beginning though like i like silly rich people not as much as you do but i like it and uh, I don't. He was just. Some of it was just too mean. He is and too very, stupid. Yeah, he's very over the top. Uh, he calls Noel, who becomes his friend, the first time he meets her. He calls her coffee girl because she yeah. works at the coffee shop. Stuff like that, where it's like, this is not what real people act right. like. This is what book people act like. Right. Which is fine. Yeah. He's got a ton of skincare products. He talks about his Prada pants. Yeah. Uh, I love his outfit descriptions. They sound ridiculous. I know. I know. The other thing about him, too, that we learn is when he's, like, feeling anxious or upset is that he, like, plans parties in yeah. his head. That's which- his, like, secret passion is party planning. Yes. Yeah. Which I thought was very fun. It is very fun. And I, you know, I like the the uh, coping mechanism. I thought it was a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, planning parties stresses me out, so it's not going to work for me, but it's a good one. It is a, it is a good one. I'm not this creative is the problem. No. Like if I were party planning in my head, all of them would be so like, okay, so I'm going to text my friends and we're going to go to a bar. Great. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) I'm there. But that de-stresses me because then I'm like, maybe I should text my friends to go to a bar. Yeah. That counts. (laughs) But. Yeah, I wouldn't like that's that's the extent of my my imagination when it comes to party planning. So Matthew uh, obviously does not want to be in Wind River. Um, And so like his first day there, he's just kind of wandering about town feeling sorry for himself. Yeah, he's like walking around in a town that does not sound very walkable. No, he walked (laughs) like two miles to the coffee shop, which I was like ambitious. Right. I wouldn't do that. No. In the snow. Um, but he meets he starts meeting some townies. Yes. We get his uh soon to be friend Noel. Yeah, at the coffee shop who's bad at latte art. She's bad at latte art. But she's also a big fan of Matthew's mom. Who's who, an author. Yes. She's like this acclaimed 
fantasy author. Like Divergent style series is kind of how I was picturing that. That's about how I was picturing it too. We yeah. don't get a lot Hunger of- Games. Yeah. You know. There's swords. Right something it seems like ya fantasy perhaps maybe not why definitely fantasy yeah but in my mind it was like ya fantasy like hunger games or divergent or something like that yeah and then his dad is i don't know he like works in finance or yeah something. he it's, does things with money i don't know he has a lot of money I don't know. they they independently as parents have a lot of money and so together they obviously have like a bazillion dollars yeah and his grandparents are not well off they live kind of like normal people yeah they're like normal grandparents right uh and they run the bookstore in the town where hector works part-time to like supplement his scholarship money hector's got every job in town (laughs) yeah genuinely (laughs) he's the only uber driver in town right uh he's just kind of like running he's just everywhere he's hustling (laughs) to pay his tuition which is where they kind of run into each other again. While Matthew's, you know, trudging about town, feeling bad for himself and whatnot, he tries to go to the one bed and breakfast in town and buy the suite for his, I don't know, what would you call that, tenure yeah. in Wind River, whatever. It's full. He can't get it. He runs into Hector outside, who then uses this as leverage that he was trying to escape because if he tells the grandparents, he'll tell... The grandparents will tell Matthew's parents who are going to get even mad, even more mad than they already are. So I guess that's vaguely enemies. I don't know. They're just like. They just keep. They just spar from the first. Yeah. I think they're just super different. Yeah. And they're just like kind of poking fun at each other. Yeah. Um, So also what we skipped was that. Um. There's every year there's this like fundraiser in town that goes to a different like benefits a different organization or or group or something in town. And this year it's going to benefit the small business like support organization, basically the small business alliance. That's what it's called. The SBA. Yes. Um, Because whoever previously planned the, the fundraiser can't this year and. Uh, then the the uh, the basically they offer Matthew the opportunity yes to do it and at first he's like eh but then when Hector catches him in this vulnerable moment trying to escape Hector's like well now you have to do the fundraiser or else I'm gonna tattle on you yeah that's basically what happens and uh, Hector catches him a couple times trying to escape the most meaningful of them being when Matthew tries to call an Uber an Uber from the house in like the middle of the night and he's like, Whoa, it's only two minutes away. Hector's the only Uber driver. Yeah. And he picks him up. Matthew doesn't realize it's him and uh you know, chaos ensues or yeah. whatever. And then uh we also get this kind of first moment where they start to understand each other a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Matthew has like a full anxiety attack in the backseat of Hector's car. Right. And Hector is very sweet about it. Yeah. And like works to calm him down. Yeah. He like asked him. It was something like, like what normally helps you when this happens to you or like something like that. It was like a very nice question. Like, oh, is there something you normally do when this happens or some some kind of question like that that I was like, that's very thoughtful. Yeah. And then Matthew tells him about his party planning. Yeah. In his head, which I think Hector kind of pokes fun at a little bit, but now it's like nice. Right. They're like joking around. 
they kind of are done like being super annoyed with each other and they're like all right let's call a little bit of a truce yeah and so and they also talk a little bit about how they both really miss being at home hector Mm -hmm. is from hector's from texas hector's from texas he's from from north texas he's from north texas just like me he's from a dallas suburb though so we don't talk about those (laughs) i'm from a fort worth suburb uh but he misses his family he doesn't have a lot of money so he can't get home for the holidays and so as Matthew is still pondering whether he's going to host this gala, gala, gala? I think either is correct. Great. I, I think I say gala. I'm going to stick with that. Um, Matthew realizes this can benefit all of them and Hector won't tattle on him for escaping. Matthew can hopefully get home sooner should he do this good deed. Mm-hmm. And he... Gets Hector involved, too, by saying, hey, if you help me do this and also, like, you know, tell the press I'm doing a good thing. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll buy you a flight. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll get you home for New Year's. And so. So two unlikely partners. Um, this is also around the time that, like, we start hearing in Matthew's inner monologue that he thinks Hector's super sexy. Uh Yes. Um, but Matthew finds out about Hector's ex-girlfriend and therefore sort of briefly thinks that perhaps he is not into boys. Yes. There's a very funny exchange. Well, (laughs) Matthew goes to Hector, who's at the bookstore at the time, and, uh, He's like, Matthew starts off with his proposition of like, hey, we should do the gala together. (laughs) We have something in common. And Hector goes, what? We're both queer? And Matthew's like, what? Yeah, it was great. We are? (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I like girls and boys. And Matthew's like, ah. Yeah, we we find out in a very straightforward way that Hector is also into guys. Uh, Although right before that happens, uh, when Hector's like, we're both queer, uh, I think I can't one of them says to the other one I have a proposition for you and the other person turns it into a dirty joke ah uh, yes I think Matthew is the one that says proposition yeah first, and Hector's like oh really and he's like <laughs> we are both queer yeah and then Matthew's like no <laughs> I didn't mean that but it, privately in his head he's like maybe uh, maybe I do mean maybe that maybe later <laughs> yeah so there's a lot of like little zingers like that in this book just like small funny moments yeah matthew's internal monologue as we mentioned is very funny and like i had a few lines that i highlighted like (laughs) one that i messaged katie that i have to bring up because it made (laughs) me laugh so hard was when he's talking to noel and he's like you know throwing a fit because he can't get anywhere or whatever and he's looking for a starbucks and she she's like it's like the next town over it's like maybe a two-hour walk if you walk fast and in his head, Matthew's like, I'm gay. Obviously, I walk fast. <laughs> it, was, it was, yeah, there are so many little moments like that that are just like so gold, like just proof that Timothy Janowski is like a deeply funny person. I know. I want, I want him to hang out with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He seems like a delight. Like he's so clever. Timothy, um, come on the pod. Yeah, please. for real. Please. We'll talk about the next book. Yeah. Um. So they agree to team up and then they're like, we should tell the grandparents about this because they're going to find it like cute and fun and heartwarming and whatever. And it makes us both look good. And then the grandparents go like 
totally unhinged. Yeah, Grandma plays a little bit of like hardball, and she's like, "I don't think you can do it." Right. And they make them bake cookies. Together. They make them. They challenge them to a like a bake off, but they're not competing against each other. They're working together. They have to do it together to make the chai sugar cookies with eggnog icing. Who do we know that makes chai sugar cookies with eggnog? <laughs> the eggnog second icing? I saw that, I was like, <laughs> Timothy's a Swifty. Timothy's a Swifty. Um, so that was obviously adorable because we just made those like I just made those cookies a few weeks ago so they're great very sweet though very sweet wow um but yeah I loved that and that was just a fun little I love a this genuinely this book genuinely checks all of the Christmas boxes I know like baking you know we've got got that um so yeah so then after that they just like start it's like a long series of small Small Christmas things. Small Christmas things, like little events and errands and, um, like, party planning, basically, event planning. Yeah. um, Where they're, like, securing a venue, um, making deals with the guy at the Christmas tree farm. Uh, Uh, Trying to get, like, small businesses to donate stuff for, like, the raffle. Right, right. So little things like that. Um, We learned that. Matthew's mom used to date the Christmas tree farm guy. I know. How very Hallmark movie of her. I know. I know. And the Christmas tree farm guy is Noelle's dad. Right. So we learn this when uh, they go on a family Christmas tree adventure to get a real tree for the cabin, which I loved, which was very cute. And this is throughout this little montage of party planning is when Matthew's heart starts to grow a few sizes. Yep. And he realizes, huh, I kind of like doing good deeds. And I kind of like my family and I kind of like Christmas and I kind of like this small town vibe and these people like I'm not any better than these people. Yeah, we kind of get throughout the book these little like memories that he has of visiting his grandparents when he was a kid, like before his mom got super famous, uh, like back when he liked Christmas, back when his parents didn't just like ignore him all the time. You know, yeah. Why, why should I feel bad for a rich person? But I do feel kind of bad for him. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't, he didn't choose to, his his actions, I don't think, are always his choice. He is, like, 21. Yes, that's the other piece of this, is he's very young. Yes, we can give him some grace for that, you know, he's, he's young, his yeah. parents ignore him, he's going through it a little bit. Right, he's basically an unsupervised kid with, like, infinite money at his disposal yeah that's true and then we also learn these little like very sad moments through his life like his first crush when he was a kid when he was like 13 when oh, he yeah. realized he was gay um was this kid who was starring in like one of the movies of his mom's book and they got caught and then they're like horrible pr person right like made him come out publicly and but didn't make the other kid no. do anything no and so matthew has just been like shouldering this responsibility yeah and i th- i think it's around here that we learn about the the thruple situation mm-hmm. of matthew's exes and learn about that he was you know involved with these men who he really loved but maybe did not love him in the way that he thought right when they it, did when it first gets brought up it's kind of like 
oh, he was in a thruple. Whoa, weird, silly. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, no, this actually, like, really hurt him. And Right. And was- this was, like, a real relationship. It wasn't just, like, at least in his mind, it was a right. real relationship. Um, not just, like, some kind of rebellious thing yeah. that he was doing. So he's due for some Christmas magic. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, there, this whole, like, kind of middle-ish section of the book is just party planning shenanigans and like people in town being like oh we don't want to give you anything for the gala matthew prince like you're offensive yeah also his parents have cut him off i don't think we mentioned that so he has no money he has literally no money they cut up his credit card yeah and like froze his accounts and stuff um but one of the things that him and Hector have been bonding over is a Christmas carol, the story, and they even theme the the gala after it. It's like Christmas past, present, and future, which is very cute. I know. I like Great this. party idea. Uh, yeah, great theme. Mm-hmm. Good job, Matthew. Very good. Um, and so then one night when the grandparents are out of the house, um, right? Or no, no, they're not out of the house for this moment. They're out of the house later. Yes. Um, but one night... The grandparents go to bed and Matthew is like, "Ah, I'm still kind of awake. Like, do you want to watch a movie? And they watch a Muppet Christmas Carol and they kiss at exactly 50%. And I think that's the first time it's ever happened. Yes. We've gotten really close at like 48. Yeah. I'm going to insert a like ding, 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 ding underneath this. (laughs) Exactly 50%. I got so excited. Yeah. Because I also wasn't really paying attention because I was kind of, yeah, like in this middle section, not a lot of stuff happens, but right. I was enjoying all the little, you know, Christmas vignettes or whatever. Right. And then the kiss is kind of a surprise. Yeah. It yeah. is a surprise. Because they're also doing all of these like kind of, you know, by Hallmark Christmas movie standards, like romantic things like going to a Christmas tree farm and like all of those places are the moments that you would think that a kiss would happen at. But no, they were just like watching a movie in their room. Yep. On their bunk bed, which... Leads me to the question, since they're making out while watching a Muppet Christmas Carol, what is the worst movie you've made out to? <laughs> Muppet Christmas Carol is not on the top of my list of good makeout movies. I imagine it would have to be some kind of Disney. Yes. But nothing vividly come. nothing in particular sticks out to me. But I used to put on like Disney movies like to fall asleep when I used to fall asleep with the TV on. So certainly I have done it with a Disney movie on before. Not on purpose, sim- just by... Just by nature. Right. So similar to Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, like I feel like Moana has definitely been on in the background at some point. Well, maybe I want all my encounters nowadays to involve Kermit in the background <laughs> for the season. Emmett Otter. Emmett Otter. Ooh, talk to me about the Emmett Otter Christmas movies. Yeah. My favorite internet videos. My favorite internet. The, that is those those bloopers are legitimately the one and only single internet video I can watch that makes me laugh out loud every time. I laugh multiple times every single time. Yeah. So they continue with these shenanigans of preparing for this party. Again, no like giant things that happen here, just like lots of series of small things where Matthew is getting closer to Hector, but also closer to various other people in town. Yeah, he like becomes really good friends with Noel. There's this very cute scene where he and Noel just go to a diner by themselves. So Matthew can basically gossip about what happened. And 
he just like needs to process, which I was like, you know what? Relatable, Matthew. I get it. I need I need to gossip. Yeah, he does kind of like ghost Hector though. He like leaves Hector like essentially standing there alone and he's like, I gotta go eat I know. lunch with Noel or something. That part is kind of sad because Hector doesn't know what's going on. Because after they make out, they don't really talk about it for a couple no. days. Yeah. They kind of just like wait. Pretend like nothing happened, basically. Yeah. Even though they both are like they're kind of flirting still, so they like No, it's not weird, but they're just, like, not talking about it. Yeah. Okay, so I will say that this gets a a solid, strong nomination for most interesting location for a first hookup that we've read. Yes. Uh, We will never beat Bottom of a Well. No, no. Bottom of a Well is the winner, but this perhaps is second. Yes. I can't think of anything else. Other than like the skinny dipping in book lovers, but eh. That's pretty romance. Yeah. 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 But so um, Hector and Matthew make out and. And more. And more um, in the storage unit. Yes. They don't go all the way. This is not sex quite yet, but. They get close. They go to extreme third base. Extreme third base. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> while they're in the store the community storage unit where yeah. the supplies are held not even their individual storage unit no it's the like, one for the gala yeah while they're picking up like the weird supplies to decorate the the hall where they're holding the gala and, i mean uh, at least so when i initially read this i didn't realize that they were still in the storage unit i thought they had left the storage unit and were like in the truck or something i just like misinterpreted where they were where they were um, and so I thought this was happening in the truck for a second, and I was like, I don't want this to be in a truck. Like, <laughs> come on. I mean, it would be very small town, but like in a truck at the in the parking lot of the storage unit. Like, come on, y'all are better than that. That's real small town. Right. So I I um I scrolled back in my Kindle and started the section over, and then I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> I just had like a vivid because while I was reading it, I was like, aren't there like cameras or something like I don't think in the unit. Right. And presumably they shut the door. I would think so. Like the garage door thing. They like pulled it shut, I would imagine. I'm just imagining some poor like storage wars as community members trying to go pick up their fake snowflakes. (laughs) They're like, oh, shit. Walking on these two college boys making out. Yeah, I imagine they shut the door. I'm sure it's shut. Also, it's kind of, well, I guess it'd be cold in there. No, it can be climate controlled. Yeah. I, I want to know more information about the storage unit. I know, the, the logistics of the storage unit. Anyway, regardless, it was a very creative choice. So yes. good job, Timothy. Yeah, and after that, they basically decide, like, hey, we're dating. Right, and, you know, they sort of, this happens in the storage unit almost by necessity, right? Because they live with Matthew's grandparents. Was this, like, not, like, your dream meeting of somebody in a, like, I'm not wording this right. Like, a, like uh, on some kind of vacation or something? Like yes, it's, this is the every every summer after. Yes, this yes. is the every summer after. Yeah, for sure. Like, the boy next door. Yes. Except he's the boy on top of the bunk. <laughs> Literally right above me. Right, exactly. Hovering three feet above my head. There's... <laughs> There's also a, a moment, too, where Matthew mentions that he's heard uh, Hector jerking off above him. Yeah. So. Which is kind of gross. 
a little bit. Bold move on Hector's part. Right. There's like some consent stuff that I don't really like there. Yeah. But we'll move past it because I think think Matthew finds it hot. So as long as he's cool with it, I'm cool with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so they're basically like together together yeah, at they, that point. They're, uh, they figure out they're going to like, you know, see where it goes. There's also a nice moment too, where Hector's like, Hey, it kind of upset me when you ran off with Noel and you didn't take me with you. And Matthew's like, Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I know. Yeah. I just had to gossip and be excellent alone for a minute. communication between these two. Yeah. Very healthy. Yeah. Very healthy. And then we still got this, like, everything's going great. They, uh, they're still planning the the stuff. They go on like this double date to the light. It's like Trail of Lights. It's like Trail of Lights. I don't know. It's like the the town Christmas thing. We really There's, are, like lights yeah. and food and We're it's really, like a little carnival thing kind of deal. Truly, all the Christmas boxes. We got the tree farm. We've got cookies. We've got a town fair thing. Yeah, we've got lights. It's it's almost exhausting how much christmas timothy packs in yeah to this book. but it's 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 respectable oh i i fully appreciate it so everything's going great and matthew's like kind of starting to consider staying yeah in like, wind river he's kind of like you know i don't really want to leave early anymore I right wanna, like he's really excited about planning the gala he's having a great time with hector he really likes hanging out with noel he is starting to uh even, you know, like the parts of town that he hated before. Yeah, and he's starting to kind of realize that the life that he had back in New York City was maybe not all it was cracked up to be or as good as he thought. Specifically, yeah. his, like, best girlfriend back home, he, like, consistently compares to Noel because the previous friend, Bentley, sucks. Bentley is awful. She's awful. We have not talked about Bentley at all yet, but she's kind. Of, she's like a side character, you know. Right, very side. She doesn't come up often. No, because she is such a bad friend. She is so absent that, like, right. We meet her at the very beginning while she facetimes Matthew, and she's like, "Sorry, I'm high because my terrible cousins are here," and he's like having a crisis or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And she's just consistently like that every time they talk, and she and. Over time, as Matthew gets closer to Noel, he starts kind of being like, man, it's so weird that I feel like I can trust Noel more than I can trust Bentley, this person I've known for however many years. And so he's starting to kind of like, he's it's growth. Great growth. Yeah. Also Bentley. I know. <laughs> Great rich person name. Terrible. Great rich person. It's like a dog name. I was literally about to say, that's a dog. Bentley's a dog. Yeah, Bentley's a dog. A cute, fluffy boy dog. Yes, yeah, like a little Maltese or something. A white, crusty dog. Yes, yeah, little, a little white Maltese. Anyway, so everything's going great, which means something terrible has to happen. Yes. Which is um, Matthew's mom just showing up. Yes. When- and he's he's been dodging her calls. Yes. Yeah. He's been dodging her calls, which is, he notes is kind of usual, I guess, for both of them. Right. They're not... They're not, like, super close. Right. As, you know, lots of absentee parents are with their children. Um, and, yeah, she just shows up one morning and is like, let's go to tea. Right. And Matthew's like, okay. Yeah. And then she's basically like, I'm proud of you. You're doing great. I'm going to stay and see what you've done with the gala. And if I, like, 
think that you've earned it, you can come home with me that night and like come home essentially like what, like a week early or something like that, a few days. Yeah, it's the the gala is the December 23rd. So if he gets to go home, he gets to spend Christmas in New York. Right. And, and New Year's, which is what he cared about a lot previously because he wanted to throw a New Year's party. With Bentley. With Bentley. Yeah. So that's kind of been the goal all along is to get home by New Year's. Right. Um, so yeah, so his mom tells him like, yeah, you can come home with me on the 23rd and you'll be home for Christmas if I see that you've done, you know, whatever amount of work I deem is appropriate. Yeah. But something fishy's going on. We don't find out. Yeah. She's acting weird. Yeah. And 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 it's all just weird. Yeah. Something's happening. And so, you know, but we kind of, we kind of put that aside for a minute and then- she takes the grandparents out to dinner. Oh, importantly, Matthew has not told his mom about him and Hector. Yes, that is right. Yeah, so, um, but. He's not really being cagey. Well, he's like kind of being cagey about it. He's it just, just doesn't really come up. Yeah, and he's kind of like, I don't want to like ruin a good thing. Right, right. And it's, uh, you know, they've been together for like a day. Yeah, that's true. So. Um, Things move very quickly in this book. Yeah, it all takes place over like a week. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so mom takes grandma and grandpa out to dinner. Yep. And which means, obviously, Hector. these two guys alone in an empty house. Yep. They do it. Yep. In, in the bunk bed, which I was like. Impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I had a bunk bed as a kid. There's not a lot of room. Not a lot of room. Yeah, on the bottom bunk, too. I know. I thought about that. I mean, I guess the top one would be kind of risky. Yeah. But. Yep. But still. They do it. Yeah. They made it. Yeah, and it's 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 very nice. It's romantic. They're they're just they're just so cute. Yeah. They're so cute. They're just like kids figuring it out. Or she's yeah. like kids. They're like young adults. They're twenty one. Right. They're they're adults, but they're you know, they're twenty one. They're yeah. they're figuring it out. They're yeah. figuring it out. It's actually very sweet. It's yeah. very romantic. Like it feels very they feel young in this, yeah. like the way that they think and talk about each other and to each other. It's really cute. Yeah, it's very like puppy love. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so then we get to the gala. We actually don't spend as much time at the gala as I, I was expecting after all this build up to it. But I guess the important pieces of the story are the build up, not the, yeah, that's not the thing itself. But they get to the gala. Everything's going great. Everything looks nice. Like everyone's having a good time. Everyone's complimenting Matthew on what a great job he did. Matthew's feeling great. Uh, yeah, he and Hector get to dance. They get to enjoy the party. It's great. Everyone's having a good time. Matthew sees his mom like sneak off to the bathroom, like answering her phone. And then just like everything implodes. Yeah. So so they find out that like the story of Matthew buying the island has like made it into the press. Um, which they had done a good job of keeping quiet up until now. And apparently that was like the whole reason that he was in, he was kind of banished anyway, just to like make sure this never got out basically. Um, And so basically the whole reason that he's in Wind River is kind of now moot. Right. Um, And so he has a panic attack and freaks the fuck out. Um, And... He's talking to his mom because he's upset and his mom does this fucked up thing and like kind of 
well, definitely misleads him, not of her own volition, but she doesn't like she kind of Matthew kind of asks if Hector leaked it and she says yes. Yeah. Um, So she doesn't like bring it up and mislead him, but she uses what he's saying to like lead him down. Yes. The wrong path. Because early in the book, Matthew kind of fesses up to Hector of like, I bought an island. Right. It was really dumb. So like Matthew jumps to the obvious conclusion that like, okay, Hector's the only one that I told. Therefore, he must be the one who leaked it. This is where I feel really sorry for him because he's like, I didn't tell anyone. Like I tried really hard. But then it makes sense that Matthew would think this. Yeah. I would. Yeah. So. So they leave like in a panic and. uh, Hector's heartbroken. Yes. Like Matthew in his panic attack as he's like packing up and whatnot at the house, like sees Hector and like says some really mean things to him and basically is like. You leaked this to the press. I can't believe you did that. Right. I can't believe this was all fake and whatnot. And Matthew goes back to New York with his mom. And this is the most bummer Christmas I've ever read. Yeah. So he gets to spend Christmas with his parents for the first time in a long time. But it's very awkward and weird. Yes. So he wakes up like on Christmas Eve and they just have this very like formal breakfast mm-hmm. together which apparently never happens it's all it's just it all just feels so like fake right which, like it is right and matthew's like trying to appreciate it because he's like well it seems like my parents are kind of making an effort for once for once and so like i need to appreciate this but i'm like so heartbroken about all this other stuff right that he can't really enjoy it and obviously he has Hector on his mind. Um, and so they have this nice kind of 24 hours. Right. Uh, very like Christmas in New York um, as a family. And then he wakes up on Christmas Day and notices that his like dad's weirdly not there in the apartment. But he's like, oh, he's I probably just don't see him. He's probably like off. Yeah. In some room doing some work because that's what he's usually doing Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. His mom says he's like out getting another Christmas present or something. And they're going to meet him at the plaza later. For for lunch or brunch or something like that. Christmas tea. Oh, tea. That's right. Yeah. They drink a lot of tea in this book. Yeah. They go out for tea. Y'all are American. Yeah. I don't know. We don't go out for tea. Um, So by this point. I don't think Matthew thinks anything's going on, but you as the reader are like, Something, something's weird. Something's weird here. Um, and they unsurprisingly say that they're getting a divorce. Um, the dad has fallen in love. With this like supermodel. Yeah, with the supermodel. Um, that Matthew introduced. Yeah, to. at the New Year's party the year before. Um, and they and he finds out that his mom leaked the story about the island because the story about the divorce was going to get out. Yes. It was like a like a trade. Like right. somebody found out that they were getting divorced and was like better give me something else. Right. Juicier. Like I'm I'm going to report this unless you have something better for me, basically. Is that how journalism works? Not really, but that might be how the tabloids work. I don't Maybe. know. I could believe that. Um but yeah, so obviously like and Matthew's parents have given him his credit cards back. Like, they gifted him a wallet with all his cards in oh, it. What a dream. Um, And then, but he storms out of the plaza and forgets the wallet. And I'm like, he has this moment where he stands up to his family. And I'm like, listen, I know you want to be independent, but my guy, take the wallet. 
You got to take something, buddy. Yeah. If you're you, going to storm out of the plaza in the middle of New York. Yeah. Like, and like run away. Yeah. They just like blew your shit up. Like spend a little bit of their money. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's reformed. Yeah. He's got Christmas spirit now. Yeah. He's a better person than he's, I am at this point, I guess. Yeah. I would have taken the wallet. Yeah, but we're not rich. Yeah, that's that's rich. true. That's true. So we've got we've got normal people logic on our side. Right. I'm like I, the money. Yeah, get get your wallet. Get the money. It's like a Prada wallet. Right. Too, with yeah. like all his cards. And his mom like pulls it out of the box and is like, look. Yeah. So yeah. And he uh he has this like very lonely like Christmas afternoon where he's like, I don't know where to go. So he goes And to- he goes to Bentley's. Yeah, and Bentley's like She's, like, being really cold to him, and she's like, well, the story leaked. You're canceled, Matthew. Right. Like, I can't be seen with you. Yeah, like, I'm rebranding our New Year's Eve party to be just me, not you. Um, Then he goes to the apartment of the two guys that he was in the thruple with, and they're, like, in Italy or some shit. I don't know. They're somewhere They're else. somewhere abroad. Thank um, goodness. He didn't need to do that. Right. And so the doorman is like... The doorman hates him. Right. The doorman's like, bye. Like, get out. Fuck yeah. You. I'm not I'm not telling you where they are. Um, and then he has like an intervention with his parents. No, he goes to his uh, former au pair's house. Oh, he goes to the au pair's house first. That's yes. right. Yeah. Who, and so he she takes him in. Yeah, she takes him in. And it's very nice. It turns out she and his driver are engaged. Yeah. And he just never cute. knew. Which, yeah. Come on. Right. But they, like, just let him into their house. It's very sweet. They let him stay on his little fold-out couch. Yeah, they eat Ukrainian food, which sounds delicious. Yes, it sounds like a great Christmas. Now it gets great, now that he figured out where to go. But I figured out something that really stresses me out in books and movies is people, like, not knowing where to go. Or they don't get somewhere on time, like road trip movies. (laughs) Like that Robert Downey Jr. movie where he's trying to get to the hospital. Oh, my God. Nothing stresses me out more than that. That movie is so stressful. Yeah. So, like, in this book, I was just like, oh, my gosh. Somebody get this kid off the streets. Right. take him in. He doesn't have his wallet. He's, like, got his suitcase with him or something. Yeah, he's he's got something with him. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he, like, ran home and packed some clothes and was like, I'm going to Bentley's. Yeah. That didn't work out, obviously. Yeah. So he's just like running around, running around Brooklyn, right? Trying to find somewhere to go, right? Yeah. And so, so he goes into the au pair's house, stays the night there, and then the next morning he has this basically intervention with his parents, where he's like, "Y'all need to treat me better." Yes. Basically. Oh, also, it turns out his dad sold the island at a profit. At a profit. So Matthew comes to them and is like. I don't want your money. I want to make it on my own. But I do want the profit that you got from selling the island because, you know, feels like that's rightfully his. That makes sense. Yeah. We don't find out how much it is. Right. But I, I expect it's at, like, at least 100000 Right. It's clearly enough for him to live off of and more. Right. For a little while. It's like a little nest egg. Just um, a little nest egg. Right. Um, And for him, little. Yeah. Certainly. The awful PR woman is there as well. And she tries to, like, spin this as a PR thing, and the entire family is basically like, fuck off, yes. and they fire her. Well, they they don't fire her in so many words, but it is heavily implied. Yes, that yeah. she's probably gone, because Matthew tells his parents, I want to get, like, I want to do a good thing. Like, I mm-hmm. want to get involved with, like, some mental health charities. Like, he's truly a reformed reformed man at this point. Right. And uh, Sarah, the awful PR person, is like, 
That's great. Mental health is really trendy right now. Yeah. How can we spin this? <laughs> She's fucking awful. She's terrible. Um, and so the the mom, right, is the one who's like this is a family meeting. Get out of here and we're going to talk about your employment in the yeah. new year. So she's probably gone. She's probably fired. Yeah, more or less. Which like maybe not the best time to do it as they're getting divorced. Right. Maybe but they should have waited like two more weeks. Sure. But they could find a not awful PR person. They're hella rich. That's true. Um, Sarah's probably got a better assistant. I'm sure she does. Someone in her agency is better. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be. Um, but then Matthew is also like, I also need a car. Dad, you've got plenty of them. Give me one of them. Okay, this is the wildest part of the book. <laughs> he's like, he suddenly like relearns to drive within like three days. Right. He goes to the DMV and like renews his license. And earlier in the book, like Hector kind of tries to teach him how to drive. And, and he's awful. He's awful. And he drives all the way to upstate New York. Yeah, he like road trips, um, which like whatever. I mean, the joke in the book is it's like riding a bike. I don't know if that's true, but okay. I, I don't, I would never drive in New York and I'm. No. I'm an experienced enough driver. Right. No. Yeah, I would never do that. Uh-uh. Anyway, so he shows up back in Wind River. He, like, makes amends with everybody. He gives, like, Noel this first edition copy of his, one of his mom's books. Signed by the entire cast of the people who were in, like, the movie or the TV show or whatever about it. Right. Because he, like, left without saying goodbye to anybody. And just, like, disappeared. Yeah, and so Noelle's like, yes, you absolutely can buy my love. Thank you. Yep. I forgive you completely. Noelle's great. Yeah. My love can also be bought. Especially with a book. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he goes and finds his grandma and gramps at the bookstore. Apologizes to them for bouncing. Uh, He gets them tickets to, like, a baking show taping, which was really cute. Yeah, like a very thought because they were so into the like uh, Taylor Swift chai spice cookie bake off. Yes, it's amazing. It's yeah. very sweet. Um, and then he gives Hector. Sorry, I had to burp. And then he gives Hector two tickets to fly home to Dallas. Yeah, DFW yeah. Airport. Yeah, yep. But he gives him an option of here's one ticket. If you show up this date, I'll go with you. And, you know, we'll assume. You right. He's basically this. like one of the it sounds like one of them is a direct flight to New York. And then one of them is a flight to DFW with like a layover, <laughs> basically. So, somehow the logistics are confusing, but it's basically like you could come to New York first and meet me or you could just go straight there. Basically, yeah, I don't know. Although Wind River probably does not have its own airport. So they probably have to drive to JFK. Or Maybe whatever. that's what it is. Drive. They have to drive. No matter what, he has to probably go to JFK to fly to. DFK. Yeah, I didn't pay enough attention. It doesn't to really the logistics matter. here. It doesn't matter. But basically, the Matthew are, gives him the choice. Yeah, the options are he can forgive Matthew and they can be together, and Matthew can go meet his family in Dallas suburbs, and uh, the other option is Hector can go by himself. And Matthew's like, whatever you choose is okay. Obviously, I prefer the first one. Yeah. But I love that Matthew just like invites himself home. Yeah, with Hector's family. That's a lot. He's like, I will go meet your family. Not even like, hey, can we date again? Hey, can I go meet your family? I would never in my life volunteer to meet a partner's family. <laughs> Wait to be approached with that question. Wait to be offered. Yeah, but you know, Matthew's a changed person. He will go slump around the DFW suburbs, which yeah. suck. By yeah, the way. and I guess. It would prove that he's in, you know, so yeah, so it, it makes sense as a grand gesture. Again, they're 21. They don't know yet. Right. <laughs> yes. They don't know yet. 
Um, anyway, so uh, they kind of fuck with Matthew and make him think that Hector's not coming. This is very funny. It is funny. So Matthew is in the airport with uh, his mom and the au pair, and he's like, it's like 10 minutes to boarding or something, and he's like, he's not here. He's being like a pretty good sport about it, where he's like, yeah, I'm sad, but at least I can like move on, you know? And then the grandpa comes like running in, and then Noel comes running in, and then grandma too, and then Hector, of right. course. Yeah. And they make out in the airport. Yeah. It's it's very it's very cute. So they go to Dallas and then we get to the epilogue where Matthew is now a party planner. His dreams have been realized and he's in the process of like going to this party um that Matthew has planned and is very proud of. They live together on Cornelia Street. On Cornelia Street. Yeah. So the the first reference I was like could be coincidental i don't think it is but it could be and then the cornelius street mention i was like aha confirmed Mm -hmm. this is the one i told you about where i was like he's definitely a swifty right the the second reference later Yeah. yeah so hector's going to grad school in columbia at columbia um and he shows up at this party and i you wrote that you thought this was going to be, be a proposal. So did I. Yes. They faked us out. I know. So it turns out, because Hector's being like a little little sneaky, and he, you know, does some weird things where Matthew's like a little suspicious, and they arrive separately. Like, Matthew gets there earlier because he's, you know, in charge. Right. And uh turns out the surprise was just that Noel and his parents and his grandparents are all coming to this party that he threw for, like, this LGBT charity. Right. Like pro bono. And I'm, cool. I'm glad it wasn't a proposal because, again, they're presumably like, maybe this is what, like a year later or something, but they're still very young. Yes. So I'm glad it wasn't a proposal because when I, like, was reading this part, I was like, oh, God, y'all are so young. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is not a proposal. <laughs> yeah. It's just a cute little happy ending. Yeah. It's really nice. It's nice. The end. The end. So Katie. Overall impressions of this book. I really liked it. Like I said, I was iffy at first on Matthew, but as I said, I think it was I think it was me, not him. Um, it's not you, Matthew, it's me. Yeah, I was just in a I was just in a bad mood. I had a rough week. Um but I really liked it. It was certainly I feel like a lot of Christmas romance novels try to be Hallmark movie-esque and never quite really land there because it's kind of hard to capture that same level of cheese without it being cringy Mm. in a -hmm. book form. Like, I feel like the cheese is easy to pull off in a movie and harder to pull off in a book in a way that isn't like, ugh, when you're reading it. Yes. But this one does that. Like, it scratches that itch, like, perfectly. I think part of what helps it stop being from, like, too cheesy is that you almost have, like, Matthew as a straight man. Right. Where he's, like, you know, also, he's, like, in the beginning, like, this sucks. This is weird. Why do right. I want to enjoy Christmas? And then, you know, he warms up to it. So then you warm up You warm up him. to it. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of my my overall thought is that I really liked kind of the the Hallmark, like, overblown shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Without it being too much or too cheese, um, 
This is a perfect amount of cheese, in my opinion. This was a good amount of cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I really enjoyed reading this one. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, like we said, Timothy Janowski is hilarious. Uh, Matthew Prince is hilarious. Yeah. Just as a general person. I want him to be my friend, too. Um, Timothy especially, though. Please be our friend. Um, yeah, for real. Yeah. Um, I, too, enjoyed all the, like, cozy little Christmas scenes. This, you know, there's a lot of, like, exposition, but there's not a lot of plot. There's yeah, a lot of backstory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of There's just like a lot story. going on. Right. It's kind of like these little little Christmas episodes right. almost in throughout the book. I wonder like what it would have been like if it were like organized like it was like time jumps. Mm. You know, like then and now. Oh, interesting. Where it like instead of being in Matthew's head when he's talking about like being in that thruple or like a Christmas past or whatever. Um if it were told more in like bringing you back to that Ooh, scene or moment. Because um, then I think it would have felt more like plot, even though it's the same thing. Right. I don't know. But the end result is the same, I think. Yeah, I didn't dislike how we kind of learned information throughout the book, especially as like Hector and Matthew are getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. Like we're learning more information about Matthew. We're learning, like we're learning along with Hector. Right. Which is, you know, like how relationships kind of organically progress. Right. So I kind of liked that. Yeah. And I, I like, I tend to really, I mean, romance novels generally are kind of more character driven rather than plot driven to begin with. So it's never really something that bothers me that much as long as the characters and their backstories are interesting enough, which Matthew is. Right. I also really like how we kind of learn about Matthew and how he deals with, like, his anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I think in the very beginning, you know, why would I feel sorry for a rich person? But, like, you kind of realize, no, he's kind of been through it. This He's kind of been through it a little bit. Right. He's not just, like, first world problems. Like, he's got some real shit that he's working through. Right. And I think... It's interesting to kind of see him also come to that realization of like, Mm -hmm. he talks about how he's been in therapy for like years and years, but this is now where he's, you know, kind of doing something more with it and coming to more of a realization of this is what my anxiety looks like. And he realizes his mom is an anxious person too. Right, right. He realizes where he might get it from. Right. And, you know, doesn't immediately forgive his mom for what she does, leaking the story to the press, but he's like, I understand. I get why you did it. Yeah. 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 He becomes a good little communicator at the end. He does. He does. I'm proud of him. And I did really like his little coping mechanism of planning parties in his head. It's so fun. I think that was just like Timothy Janowski's way to just like creatively throw some extra shit in there. Yeah, because the parties he plans in his head, I wish I could remember them off the top of my head, but they're very funny. They're very funny. And they're always like super niche. Like I know I remember the one he plans with Hector when he's like coming down off his first anxiety attack is like a self-care slumber party. And like Hector's trying to like plan it along with him and it's very cute. Yeah, it's super cute. So, it's fun. Maybe I'll try to do that, but I again, I wouldn't be very good <laughs> at it. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to try and pay more attention to what my coping mechanisms are now, but they're not party planning. Yeah, mine opinion. really aren't. But no, I like this one. This was a good a good Christmas lead-in where it was cozy, but there was enough, like, silliness to yeah. keep me entertained. Because if it's just cozy, I feel like it loses me. This was my second 
Christmas read this, this year? This is the first one I finished. <laughs> I quit Cat Cafe. Oh, no. I got over halfway into it, and it was too much of a slow burn. Uh, and I realized I didn't care that much about the characters. Rough. I know. I was kind of bummed. I don't know. Maybe I'll try and finish it, but I ha- like it's an arc, so I'm not going to lose it. But right. Yeah. I don't know. It Like... I can do cozy, but there also needs to be some silliness. Something going on, And yeah. so that this had all the rich person silliness, like, it kept it moving for me. It was yeah. funny. Cat Cafe Christmas has not been very funny. Ah, uh, so, what a bummer. I know. But that's okay. So. It happens. It happens. Well, related to that, what what are you reading right now? You gave up on Cat Cafe, unfortunately. So, so what are you currently reading? Yeah, sorry to Cat Cafe. I might come back to you. We'll see. But- Big news. I'm doing an audiobook. Yeah. So I finally got off the wait list for uh Thank You for Listening from Julia Whalen. And I am I think halfway through it. It's taking me longer, definitely, than it would with like a print book, because I feel like with this one especially, I have to like sit down and listen in big chunks. Right. Um, because this book is not really split into chapters. It's split more into parts. Yeah. The parts are long. Yeah, and you don't commute as much as I do. You work from home more than I do, so you right. have to, like, listen at home mostly. Yes. Yeah. I've been listening, like, on my dog walks, which has been really nice, or, like, while I'm doing the dishes, like you have told me you do. Yep. Um, And I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, I did read some of it. I have the print copy, too, so I did read some of it in print last night, so I might kind of go back and forth a little bit just because, like, um... Austin was home and laying in bed, and so I didn't want to put right. an audio book. But I do that some. I switch off sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I've um, done that before. Julia Whalen is a great narrator, as we've go figure established. Yeah, she's the best. <laughs> and uh, her her voice for the grandmother character reminds me exactly as BoJack Horseman's mom. So I will play you a snippet of that later. Cool, it's perfect. I'm gonna have to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Katie, what are you reading? Whale. I started Kiss Her Once For Me by Alison Cochran, which I actually had to start and then stop and then restart the next day again because I tried to start it right before bed and it's a little heavy. (gasps) Ooh. Like the character is dealing with a really difficult relationship with her mom very early on. And oh, no. I just wanted something that was like lighthearted to read right before bed. And I was also like, like kind of one of my eyes was closing. You know, I was in that like, ha- and I didn't right. have the mental energy to like focus on it, but I kept like paging through it anyway. And then I woke up the next morning and I was like, I have no idea right. <laughs> what I read. Um, so I didn't stop it because it wasn't grabbing me. I started it. I, I stopped it because... I thought it was going to be lighter than it was, and I had to like revisit it in a better headspace. Um, and so now I've I've gotten through that kind of rough section with the mom, but obviously it's going to be a recurring thing in the book. Um, so so there is some there are some like not heavy, but just like it's not the it's not Matthew Prince, right? <laughs> but no. it's very good. I'm very excited. It was my book of the month. So I now that I am reading it, I regret not getting a copy of it. I bet you can do it as an add on next month. Probably so. Probably so. But yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it quite a bit. And I, I also want to shout out that I read um, 
I think it's called The Christmas Wish. Might be A Christmas Wish. Let me check. The Christmas Wish by Lindsay Kelk, who's an author that I've read before. Um, And similar to In a Holidays by Christina Lauren, um, it's like a Groundhog Day, like the woman wakes up and it's Christmas Day every Mm day. Um, And she has to, like, figure out why it's happening. So, Mm -hmm. like, shenanigans ensue. Like, there are several of the Christmas days where she dies. Oh. Like, like one of them, she, like, accidentally sets sets off a bunch of fireworks in the house because her dad was keeping them, like, in the pantry or something and she didn't know. I think and she holidays, was like she dies too. Yeah, or and she, she like gets knocked out. Something like that. Yeah. And I guess they never say that she dies, but like she blows up the house because she's like holding a match and accidentally drops it on fireworks. So presumably. So presumably and then she wakes up the next morning. Right. Um but so it's like in a holidays but like wackier and yeah. British. Ooh. Yeah, it's very fun. A British. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot. Um, the family characters are really good. It's 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 like In a Holidays meets National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Great. Yeah. I've watched Christmas Vacation, I think, four times already this year. Yeah, it's a classic. It's great. Um, so, so I wanted to shout that one out because that was my first Christmas read of the season. Mm-hmm. I read it um, over Thanksgiving in Colorado. So Very nice. Yeah. But our next book... Um, our other Christmas. I'm excited about this one. Yes. Um, it is called Merry Little Meet Cute. And I am pulling up. So I've actually, so I'm in some like romance readers Facebook groups. That's where I like get, you know, a lot of recommendations. But more importantly, they're like, this one's on sale for 99 cents on Kindle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Someone was asking for like kind of like spicy holiday recommendations. And several people mentioned this, mentioned Merry Little Meet Cute. Oh, boy. So TBD on how spicy it is. But I think it's because Sierra Simone, the co-author of this, writes some pretty spicy, like, erotica. Hmm. But then Julie Murphy mostly writes, like, YA. So I'm wondering where we're going to settle in the middle. Ooh, that'll be a fun thing to figure out. Yeah. All right. So this is Merry Little Meet Cute. B. Hobbs, a.k.a. Bianca Von Honey, has a successful career as a plus-size adult film star. So yeah, probably it's going to be spicy. With a huge following and two supportive moms, B. couldn't ask for more. But when B.'s favorite producer casts her to star in a Christmas movie he's making for the squeaky clean Hope Channel, B.'s career is about to take a more family-friendly direction. Forced to keep her work as Bianca under wraps, B quickly learns this is a task a lot easier said than done. Though it all becomes worthwhile when she discovers her co-star is none other than childhood crush Nolan Shaw, an ex-boy band member in ah! desperate need of career rehab. Nolan's promised his bulldog manager to keep it zipped up on set. Uh, How? Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought that he was a boy band member, not his literal pants. <laughs> Nolan's promised his bulldog manager to keep it zipped up on set, and he will if it means he'll be able to provide a more stable living situation for his sister and mom. Oh. But things heat up quickly in Christmas Notch, Vermont, when Nolan recognizes his new co-star from her Closed Doors account. Uh, Oh, yeah, he's a member. Oh, this is going to be spicy. (laughs) 
Closed doors. No space. Closed doors is so good. <laughs> now I like that better than OnlyFans. I do too. Yeah. I was gonna say OnlyFans should change its name. Yeah. Run run them their check though. <laughs> um now B and Nolan are sneaking off for quickies on set, keeping their new relationship a secret from the Hope Channel's execs. Things only get trickier when the reporter who torpedoed Nolan's singing career comes snooping around and takes an instant interest in mysterious newcomer B. And if B and Nolan can't keep their off-camera romance behind the scenes, then this merry little meat cute might end up on the cutting room floor. Amazing. It's going to be spicy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no way it's not. <laughs> the, the Hope Channel is great. Yes. That's very good. Closed Doors is even better. Uh, Bianca Von Honey. Amazing. Incredible. Great stage name. Incredible. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited. I'm uh, very excited. Also, we've said this before, but the cover is so cute. It's so cute. It's like pink. It's like peppermint. Yeah. It's Yes. It's like peppermint. It's very, very cute. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Yeah, um, this this is going to be really fun. So um, our our last book club for a little while before we take like an early brief hiatus to regroup. Yeah, we're going to take a little little New Year's break. Yeah. Take a little breather. So this 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 is our second to last episode of the year. So Merry Little Meet Cute will be probably our last unless we get a wild hair to do something a little extra. Perhaps. Perhaps, but no- Who knows? nothing currently. <laughs> nothing currently planned. Um, so, so yeah, then we'll take a little break in January and be back, obviously, in time for Valentine's Day. Obviously. Obviously. No question about that. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, enjoy this last read of the year from us officially. If you haven't gotten it on Bookshop, our bookshop yet. You yes, can. You can. Or from your local bookstore or ask for it for Christmas. Except maybe not from a uh, shy or conservative family member. You know, maybe just buy this one on your own. Yeah. 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 Maybe yeah. ask for a different book yeah, for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> ask for ask for book lovers. I that, don't know. There you go. Yeah. There yeah. you go. There you go. Something something more low key. Yeah. <laughs> so Less we'll raunchy see, looking. We'll see y'all soon for for another holiday book club but thanks for joining us yeah we'll see you soon <laughs>